Okay, this evening I would like um, to direct your attention to the, actually the bulletin that we passed out. And so, um, this evening, looking at Matthew chapter uh, 1, verse 21 through 25, and just focusing in on the main text, verse 21, just to share some thoughts with you about Jesus Christ. This Christmas Eve, I thought that I would like to at least consider with you some delightful thoughts that should come to our mind when we hear the name Jesus. If you think rightly about the name Jesus, that is the way the scriptures actually describe him, and you do it honestly, I should say that some may walk away this evening with a new heart. And if you already have a new heart, I pray that you would leave with your heart strangely warmed because you have heard and are beginning to think more deeply about this name, Jesus. So may we all find this season the name of Jesus to be joyful to our heart. It is true that Jesus is the way to God in Scripture. If that is so, then we should follow him, that Jesus is the truth. If that is true, and it is, then we should listen to him. Also, that Jesus is life, therefore, and he is, we should rejoice in him, and our hearts should rejoice in him. So this time of year is a time of rejoicing, but our rejoicing should be for the right reasons. The world has all the wrong reasons to rejoice. Scripture gives us a correct view of the name Jesus, which will give us the right reasons to rejoice. And here are some thoughts. Firstly, in verse number 21 of our text, it's uh, the name of Jesus was really a name that was given from heaven that came to earth. In verse 21, it says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. The Lord God did not allow this name to be chosen by a mere mortal. According to our text, an angel of the Lord said, you shall call his name Jesus. So the father made sure that the son's name would not be fooled around with because that name was given for sure to him. And it is the very best name. It is the most appropriate name that our Lord could ever have received. There's no other name he could have received. A second thing is this, in verse 21, we see that the name of Jesus Christ was also explained from a heavenly being. The exposition, again, will not be left to even the most learned scholars of the day. No, the Holy Spirit actually explains for us clearly and tells us the reason for his name. And what is the reason? You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So, Savior is the meaning 
And it is given to our Lord because he saves. Now, don't misunderstand me. This is no common or temporary salvation for, from enemies or from mere troubles. No, Jesus saves from the greatest of spiritual enemies because he is the Savior. And he is the Savior in this sense, which no one else is and no one else could have been. He saves his people from their sins. Now, that means Jesus brings a salvation that is a great salvation. In fact, the book of Hebrews says this, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? That's the kind of salvation he offers to us. Also, it is an eternal salvation. Having been made perfect, it says in Hebrews, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. So if our God divinely expounds for us the meaning of the name Jesus to be Savior, then he will guarantee the success of Jesus' mission that is connected to that name. And what which is what, if we ask that question? So he may save his people from their sins. Did you know that Joshua is the Hebrew form of Jesus? And Jesus is the Greek form? But Jesus and Joshua are the same word. One being a Hebrew name. And Joshua means, from the Old Testament, is actually a type of of the Lord Jesus Christ. In which way? Well, if we go back to Joshua, we think of what he did. Remember, Joshua was commissioned, not Moses. Moses was brought to the edge of the promised land, Mount Nebo. God actually took his life on Mount Nebo, said to Moses, you can't go over there. But the man that you've been raising up to go over there, Joshua, is going to take the people across into the promised land. And so Joshua, all right, When Moses could not lead the people into Canaan, Joshua did. Well, in the same way, our Lord Jesus Christ accomplishes what the law could never have done. What the law could never have brought us to a place where we can actually be saved. Right? The law shows us our sin, but it can't save us. Joshua overcame the enemies of God's people, even though they were very many and very strong with walled cities and chariots of iron where the people of God had none of those things. Yet, in the name of Jehovah, the captain of the Lord's army, Joshua smote them all. And even walls fell down when the name of Jehovah was spoken. When we consider Jericho, so our glorious Lord, Jesus smites our sins and all the powers of darkness and utterly destroys all our spiritual enemies. That's what he does. Joshua conquered the land and obtained an inheritance for Israel, and they settled the land flowing with milk and honey and entered a temporary rest. On the other hand, Jesus gives his children an inheritance more divine, Because that inheritance is infinite. It's eternal rest. For he is our peace. And all who know him will not only have the peace of God in their heart, but they will have eternal rest. 
Joshua caused the people to serve the Lord all his days. But he could not save the people. He couldn't save them from their sins. Because it's recorded in the book of Judges that after Joshua had died, what did the people do? They forgot everything Joshua did and taught, and they fell into grievous sin and fell in one generation. They were gone. They were totally idolaters. And we have the worst time in Israel's history recorded in the book of Judges. But on the other hand, our Lord Jesus Christ went to conquer where no one else could conquer so that all his people have victory over sin and death and all through his shed blood. Therefore, the name Jesus is above all other names. There's no other name under heaven given among men where someone must be saved. See, so the greatest battle that could have ever been fought was to save people from their sins. That was the message. There's a third thing that Jesus' name had a significant prophetic connection long before he came into this world. In verse 22 of our text, it says, Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. In verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall, shall call his name what? Emmanuel which is translated God with us, quoting from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. In other words, Jesus bears the signification that is greater than any other name, that which is connected to the word Emmanuel, which means God, that Jesus, the Savior, became God among us. Our Savior is God, and therefore he is able to save to the uttermost. You know, I ran across um, this story about a man named Mel, Mel Trotter. He had lived most of his life as a drunkard and an outcast, just to show how much he loved liquor. When his little child was very sick unto death, his wife gave him money to go out and buy medicine. And instead of buying medicine, he went and bought booze. And the child died. Mel Trotter was so drunk that he could not even attend his own child's funeral. Later in his life, he came under the hearing of the gospel of Jesus Christ and was marvelously saved and actually became a preacher. In one of his messages, he painfully retold the story of his life to the audience from the text he was preaching from in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, where it says, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. And Mel Trotter concluded his story with these words. God is able to save from the guttermost to the uttermost. How great a salvation is this? Do we get this? What God is offering us? 
We think about all these gifts being passed around. The greatest gift, God giving his son so people can be saved from eternal damnation because if they die in their sin, that's all they have to look forward to. He has given us the greatest of gifts that the name declares to us that God can save all immoral and moral Christless people. Sin and evil are found in both high-paced places and low places, both in white-collar communities and blue-collared and no-collared communities. Christ, the message of the gospel, is powerful, and in the name there is power. There's a fourth thing, that the name of Jesus Christ identifies our Lord with his people. It says in verse 21, you shall call his name Jesus, and listen to what it says, for he will save his people from their sin. The name declares his relationship to his people because it is to them he is a savior. There is no knowing the Lord if he be not known as savior, for he is that or nothing. You see, God does not save everyone, even though the gospel is for everyone. Only his people, those who have been set apart as God's own treasure, who are they? Well, they are those who personally belong to him. His elect, whom the Father gave him before the earth ever was, They are those whose names are graven on his palms, the Bible says, and written on his heart. Who are they but those in whom he paid the price of redemption? Those who know they need to be saved from the justice of God's wrath. And they shall be saved when they run to the Savior whose name is Jesus. See, do you want to be saved, brethren? Has the Holy Spirit taught you that you need salvation? The only way that you're going to know you need salvation is if the Holy Spirit convicts you of that. No one else is going to do that. I can't even do that. The Holy Spirit must do that. That is the job of the Spirit. But be encouraged tonight. It is the character of his people that they come to Jesus guilt-ridden because of their sins. They come because they need to be washed in the Savior's blood and be made clean. They come to Jesus because there is no one else to save them. They understand that by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God convinces them this life is short. You're going to die someday. There's a judgment after death. And the only one who could rescue from, you from that situation is Jesus Christ. How great a salvation is this? They come to Jesus because there's no one else to save them. From the penalty and condemnation of sin. If you have never sinned, or I had never sinned, 
there would never be a need of a Savior. In fact, there would have been no name Jesus known on earth if no one needed to be saved. Why would God even do such a thing that we celebrate the season if people didn't need to be saved? But see, that's not the case. The case is all reversed. We need to be saved. That's why he came. But the reality of the situation is that we are guilty of our sins and justly condemned in them. So if you feel yourselves to need saving, then tonight, cast yourself upon the one who will fulfill his own name and will exhibit his power in you when you confess your sin to him, and he will save you from it and its condemnation and its penalty, and he will free you. Only believe in him, and he will be to you salvation. And everyone knows him, knows that, right? We know that. I walk around in the holiday, and I think, what ridiculous stuff is going on? What stupid, idiotic things people do and celebrate this, this, this season when it's all about him. Well, there's one last thing. In verse 21, it says this, and it has to do with his main work. It's the main point. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people. That Jesus does save his people from their sin. He does it by taking all the sins of his people upon himself. And because he took their load, his people are free no longer to have the burden of sin to weigh them down. He saves them by bearing the penalty Because of their sin, Jesus was made a curse for us. He suffered for us. He died, and the scripture says, the just for the unjust to do what? To bring us to God. Jesus is our conqueror who leads us into the presence of God. He's our commanding general who leads us in battle, through battle, and into the presence of God. That's what he does. He saves them by bearing the wrath of God's clean justice. Jesus has taken the sin and paid the penalty which was due us. He saves his people from the power, the tyranny, the dominion of sins which had mastery over us, like this man, Mel Trotter. And so many of us, who maybe not committed that sin, but have committed many other kinds of sins, that kept us in bondage, kept us in slavery, kept us in rebellion, kept us there because we liked to be there. We loved our sin. It must be the Spirit of God that brings us to the place where we see that Jesus is the only rescue. 
He saves us completely, the Bible says. That is, Jesus' work was so thorough. Everything was accomplished and nothing else needs to be done. So completely does Jesus save all those who receive him as their Lord and Savior that he makes them fit to dwell with angels who have not fallen. Holy angels. Better than that, he has saved us to make us fit to dwell with God in his holy presence and to be one with Jesus through his spirit for all eternity. That's what he has saved us for. And that is almost indescribable. Yes, Jesus bears the name he well deserves and no one else deserves it. No one else could have been given this name. No one else was God among us. No one else could have paid the full wrath of God on the cross. No one else could have done what he had done. Yet the world has brought this holiday of Christmas to focus on glimmering elves and blinking Santas and whatever else you want to put in there. What does that have to do with anything except keeping people's attention off the main reason for the season. See, people need Jesus, don't they? They need Christ to save them from their sins. It is just condemnation. And you think that if God gave his son Jesus the mission to save people, he would not do it? That would be a total failure of the mission. But no, he did it. See, Jesus... The Savior has transformed millions of alcoholics and drug addicts. He's transformed millions of profane persons and made them pure in speech. All manner of people from all tribes and nations have come and have been changed amazingly by the wonderful grace of Jesus Christ. It is like nothing else in the whole world. And that is God's grace. That's God's gift to humanity. His son, the grace of God, comes to you and it changes your heart from inside out. And then everything changes. Even your destiny changes. Where you're going to end up changes. The verdict of your judgment changes because Jesus took the, the price and, and accomplished it completely to satisfy the pure and clean justice of God. See, if you desire salvation and you want to know what to do, I advise you to go this very night to the Lord Jesus Christ and in some, some private place find and earnestly and heartily entreat him and pray from your soul to God and tell him, and ask him that you have heard now of Jesus and that he's a person who saves sinners. And that you're one of them. And you can't save yourself. Tell him to put yourself wholly and entirely in his hands that you feel, tell him that you feel helpless. Tell him that you feel hopeless, 
in yourself and ask him to deliver you from the guilt and the power and the consequences of sin. Ask him to pardon you, to wash you in his own blood and make you fit. Ask him to give you grace and faith and will and power to be his disciples and to serve him and live for him the rest of your life. Ask him for that. You know what? He can deliver on it. Why? He is the Savior. That's what his name means. Savior. So my friend, don't wait. If you're a believer, rejoice in this. If you are not, don't wait until you feel unworthy. Don't wait until you clean your act up. Wait for nothing. Wait for nobody. Waiting comes from hell. The message that you have a lot of time is a hell-bound message. You have no time. Just go to Christ. The worse you are, the more you need to apply for him. Well, one thing we can rejoice in is that this is true. The word of God is true. And so, wherever you are this Christmas season, I pray that you come asking Jesus to save you in your own words. He can understand you, no matter if you're sighing or groaning. He knows what you mean. Come tonight to the one who bears the grand and glorious name of Jesus Christ. And then the passage of Scripture ends in a very interesting way in Matthew chapter 1, where it says this. The pronouncement comes that from the angel that his name would be called Jesus, and the first one who pronounces and talks about the name of Jesus is not uh, on earth, is a, is a human. And it says this, And Joseph awoke from his sleep, And did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife, in verse 25, and kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And then it says this about Joseph. And he called his name Jesus. So the first pronouncement of the name Jesus was from a human being, and ever since it has been from the mouth of human beings. Those who have known God's saving power can't hold back when it comes to the name of Jesus Christ. They have to tell it. They have to live it. They have to know. So during this holiday season, let's not forget what it's about. It's about Christ. It's about the name of Jesus Christ. It's about his mission. It's about what he accomplished It's about our relationship to him. It's about our continued relationship to him. It's about where you're going when you die. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus Christ. And either you'll meet him here as Lord and Savior, or you'll meet him in judgment. And there you have no response to him except to listen to his verdict. And I pray that it would be the former and not the latter. Let's pray.
Lord, I thank you this evening for the word of God. I, I thank you, Lord, for a passage like Matthew and all the Gospels who just so clearly expound you, Lord, and what you've done. And I ask you tonight, Lord, in this season, that you would again warm our hearts by the name of Jesus Christ. And those who have not trusted you and received you yet, Lord, tonight would be the night that they receive the greatest gift they could. They would receive Jesus Christ into their life. They would confess him as their Lord and Savior. They would bring to him all their sin and all their doubts and all their worries. And I pray, Lord, that when that person comes, as I came, as others have come, as Mel Trotter came, you can rescue them and forgive them from all their sin because that was your job. We praise you for it, and we give you glory. In Christ, I pray. Amen.